630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Oh my goodness, I had to set the alarm early today. How's it going, everybody? It is 6.05 and Inside Sports is on the air. Glad to be back to the regular time slot. Of course, it was important for us to keep you as informed as possible on the coronavirus, on COVID-19 over the last two and a half months. Global News at 6 did a great job sitting here from 6 to 7. As I told you all along, it was a temporary move. We would be back 6 to 8 on Inside Sports, and indeed, here we are. So thank you very much for tuning in tonight. You can always get in touch with me. 780-496-0063 is the number to call and also the number to text. Inside Sports at 630Ched.com is the email, and you can get me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. A lot of activity on Twitter this afternoon, and we're going to get to that right away. Just want to tee up a couple of things we have coming up in about 15 minutes. We will talk to Ian Herbers, the head coach of the U of A hockey team. We will not be talking to Ian about any meaningful games. I mean, maybe they'll play some exhibition games until next fall. Like we're talking 14, 15 months from now, the U of A shutting down all sports for the season. The U of A hockey team, clearly the premier program at the, uh, at the school. So we'll see what's going on with uh, Ian, what's going on with some of his players. And he could lose some players who might decide maybe to pursue pro opportunities rather than not playing this season. And uh, I mean, they wouldn't use a, a year of eligibility, but rather than not playing this season and then waiting to come back next fall to play competitive games. AJ Jackiebeck at 7.30 tonight. If, if you follow sports at all, I'm sure you'll know at least some of AJ's story. Got incredibly ill about six months ago, was hospitalized, went through a uh, just a harsh, harsh battle with his health. AJ from Edmonton, he did the Oil Kings play-by-play when they came back into the Western Hockey League. Uh, very hard worker now with TSN 1200 in Ottawa, does a bunch of stuff there, including the voice of the Red Blacks. And he's going to take us through what he went through. And uh, it's, uh, it's I'm sure it's going to be emotional. But as you know, AJ is a great guest and it'll be cool to catch up with him. Okay, so here's here's the situation. And and I think this is one of those things in the age of social media, it it maybe can tend to take off a a little more than it than it merits, perhaps. But it is one of those things that gets people chattering on Twitter, including me. And I'm a relatively quiet tweeter if you do follow my account. So Jason Kenny on Twitter today. Uh, this was about five hours ago, tweeted, it's the obvious choice to bring the NHL to Edmonton. We look forward to welcoming the league and players here to Alberta to take in the beautiful province we have to offer. That was the tweet. The video, it's it's all music, so we're not going to play it. There's no, there's no talking, so we're not going to play it. You may have seen it already. It's actually, it's a great looking video. Uh, it makes Alberta look beautiful, look rugged, look pristine, look relaxing, look like a really cool place to visit. Uh, It has a four-second shot of Edmonton's skyline at night at the beginning, and then it's various pictures from around the province. So I watched this, and I thought, well, Jason Kenny is tweeting about bringing the NHL to Edmonton and about everything Alberta has to offer. And I was like, well, what, what 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 is this promoting? Uh, you know, like the, the players aren't going to come here and get to drive out to the mountains for a couple of days or go golfing at Banff or Jasper. 
So I wrote four seconds in this 63-second video, R of Y-E-G. Yes, Alberta is beautiful, but players would spend their time in a bubble within Edmonton, not exploring the province. I was uh, quite quickly contacted by someone with Oilers Entertainment Group who uh, said that this video was, in fact, building upon their bid to be a hub city. And Edmonton is now in the final six. Forget about the final 10. It's now in the final six. So that this video was meant to build upon the efforts that the province of Alberta and OGE had already put forth is aimed at the, the families of national hockey players who could potentially come to Edmonton depending on the health situation and that the the families would not necessarily be part of the players' bubble. The, the players would be in their own bubble, in their own quarantine. And then perhaps the, the families, as they had time, would be able to travel about the province on day, day trips and, and places that are accessible from Edmonton. Which which is all well and good, and and it's it's a produced it's it's a well produced video. Now I want to clarify something here. I don't have a problem with OEG trying to be a hub city. I don't have a problem with Premier Kenny trying to push for that, or Mayor Iverson, or whoever wants to do it. If if that's important, and and hey, it would be cool if Edmonton got picked. Obviously, and Rogers Place is a new building; it's a great building, all that kind of stuff. That would be fine. But the way the video was positioned was not the way that they wanted it to be positioned. And I clearly wasn't the only one confused by this. If, if you look at some of the stuff that was, that, that was put out today. So I'm happy to clarify what their intention was, but they did not hit their intention. And I'm going to read something here that was um, tweeted out earlier today by Matt Wolf. Now, if you're not familiar with Matt Wolf, Matt Wolf is the executive director of issues management for the Premier of Alberta. Quite frankly, I didn't really know much about Matt Wolf before today. He wrote, for those unable to figure out, should Edmonton be chosen as a playoff hub city, players and their families, he emphasized that, will be looking to do other things to keep busy. Yes, the government is showcasing all our province has to offer, hashtag AB Ledge, which is fine. No problem with them. Uh, showcasing what Alberta has to offer. But Matt, if you put out a product and then point an accusatory finger at the people who allegedly can't figure it out and that there are thousands of those people, maybe the problem isn't with the audience. Maybe the problem is with how the video was presented. And it would have been pretty easy to position it to say, hey, players are going to be in Edmonton if their families can come Look what they have access to within a half day's drive or less from the city of Edmonton. Look what the families can enjoy. Look at the added bonus to players playing hockey for the Stanley Cup and the families pursuing things, maybe visiting parts of the world that they haven't been able to experience before. So that's that's really the, the story here. I mean, if they, if they want to put out the video, if they want to sell Edmonton, you know, that's fine. That's great. I love Edmonton. I think it'd be cool if they got the games. You know, maybe we wouldn't be able to go, but, you know, hey, it, you know, it's 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 a no-lose situation. If if these, you know, if Edmonton gets picked, Rogers Place gets picked, all that kind of stuff. Cool. But, Matt, you can't put that video out 
Like Matt Wolf with the Premier's office is calling you stupid if you didn't understand a misdirected and misrepresented video. That's what Matt Wolf wants to believe. He wants you to believe you are stupid because the video that his boss, the Premier, tweeted out didn't work. Matt, I'm going to tell you something. If I write a, a, a romance novel and a thousand people read it, and they tell me they thought it was a horror novel. That's not on them. I shouldn't have to explain to them after the fact that it was actually a romance novel. So I think that's the story here. It, it wasn't well uh, presented. It created buzz for all the wrong reasons. Again, it does make Alberta look great. It makes Alberta look cool. But it just didn't work the way they wanted to work. All right, we'll get to some of your feedback here about Hub Cities, about the National Hockey League, about uh, today's video tweeted out by Premier Jason Kenney between 6.30 and 7 tonight. I already have some texts lined up up that I want to read, 780-496-0063. I do want to welcome back to the show the head coach of the U of A Golden Bears hockey team. It is Ian Herbers on the line tonight. Ian, it's good to speak with you again. How are you doing? Good, Reed. Thank you. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Ian, you and I have done a lot of these interviews over the year, over the years, uh, some after victories, some after tough losses, like the one you had to UBC a few months ago. We, we've never done one along these lines, so I'm not really sure where to start, but you're not going to have a season next year. D- did you see this coming to a certain extent, given that the fall semester had already been called off, or what were you thinking about what might happen here? Well, definitely your your week last week was a lot better than mine. Um, didn't really see it coming. You know, there was a little bit of rumblings and different things. But, you know, as a hockey player, you're always hoping for the best uh, and not thinking it's going to happen. There's so many things that are uncertain right now. Um, figure by January, everything would be fine and the way we'd be going. But unfortunately, it's not working out that way. Okay, so... What happens now with your team? I, I think my, I guess I'll call it a concern, Ian, because you often bring a lot of good players to the University of Alberta, is that players might decide, well, gee whiz, this team in the AHL or the ECHL or in Europe has been talking to me and I was going to wait a year or two and be a Golden Bear, but should I go now? Is, is that a legitimate concern that players may, uh, may look elsewhere? Yeah, it is. They can. There are some other opportunities for some of our players. Um, the big thing for us is just with Stan and myself, the open communication with our players. We met with them twice last week, just the initial shock. Obviously, they were all very mad, disappointed, upset, couldn't understand why. Um, so kind of gave them the initial information, gave them a day or two to think about it, come up with any more questions, and then met again with them on Friday. All, obviously, all this is over Zoom or Google Meets or one of those, you know, online. Uh, answered questions, talked to them just up front, honest, let them know what's going on. 
the big challenge for Stan and myself this year is making sure that our players are getting better this year. Um, so we're going to be need to be creative, uh, a lot of energy. We're going to have to challenge the guys, make sure they're having fun. Uh, we'll be doing a ton of individual skill development to start the season. There's no point in doing systems. Uh, we're going to work on the individual players. We have our long-term development plans for each player, and we're going to excel at those areas for our guys. This is an opportunity now that some parts that get neglected during a long season like your mental training, we'll focus a little bit more on that. Uh, obviously, off-ice training, on-ice training, but we'll bring in some guest coaches. I've already talked to a few different people. Uh, they will be coming in, have some different points of view, some different things, tips, techniques they can teach us, show us. But just keep it interesting. Keep it fun. Keep them engaged. Ian, maybe maybe this is too early to ask this, but, but have any players already told you that they, they're going to leave the program, or is that we too early for that? Um, I guess the big, it's really tough situation, obviously, for our fifth-year players. Uh, right. Guys that are trying, they'll be finishing up their, their degree this either fall or winter, uh, and they're working hard to try and play pro next year or the following season. So for them, it's a very difficult situation. They've got to look at a few things. Uh, they're so close to finishing their degree, but with everything being online right now, it might be an opportunity where they do get to go play somewhere and finish their degree online. Uh, so those are different things. Obviously, we'll be in con- uh, constant communication with them and get what's best for our players. Ian, will you be allowed to play any exhibition games, perhaps within the city or within the province? Yeah, well, the travel and who we're playing, that all kind of depends on the COVID restrictions from province to province or, or international. Uh, we will look at at playing exhibition games, finding the right matches for us. Uh, and again, we can get creative on and some of those things too and, and find some different games maybe that we've never played in the past. So everything's wide open right now. Stan and I have got irons and, and phone calls and text messages into a ton of different people and just seeing what we can do to make this uh, a livable situation. Ian Herbers, U of A Golden Bears hockey coach, joining us tonight on the show. And Ian, again, look, I've asked you a lot of questions over the years. Sometimes I get ahead of myself, so you could tell me if I am. U of A won't play this year because of uh, the funding cuts and COVID. We've talked about that. U of L hasn't been able to continue with hockey. It will be a half season for the teams that do play if the eight remaining teams do do go ahead. Or any number of those eight. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, or what any number it could be. Are are you, like, is there a long-term concern that, I mean, I know the U of A is going to be back, but, you know, a shorter season or you don't get as uh, as variety in the schedule if you don't travel everywhere, it's not a true round robin every year. Like, is, is this, are these possible long-term fallout items from all of this? Uh, I don't see that see it that way and from all the information i've been given so far uh it's just a year kind of reset with everything going on with the covid all the funding cuts funding cuts from all the different uh, i guess routes that come into our program 
Um, it's just a good year to sit back and take it all in, work on a few different things, like I said. Um, Stan and I will be trying to generate a couple more programs that bring more money into our alumni association that then can be spread back to our program when it's needed, um, which will give us this opportunity, and we should come back hopefully better and stronger. Obviously, the one thing we haven't talked about is how good our alumni is and how generous and the quality of people that have gone through our program from coaches, from trainers, from players, uh, just how outstanding they are, the phone calls and text messages and emails that we've gotten from from all our alumni members. So uh, for me, it's, I haven't even thought of that really, Reed. Okay. Well, but no, I'm glad, like, I'm glad to hear that because I, I, I would... Like I, I enjoy so many of the rivalries in in Canada West, so I, I would hate to see a situation where they they cut back on travel and Saskatchewan doesn't come here every year, and instead you're playing Mount Royal eight times or you know what I mean? Like I because because we've seen a little bit of a shift towards that in some of the other sports, so I hope hockey would keep the true double round robin with the extra games. That's kind of where I was what I was getting at. Yeah, well, it'll be a difference once we get back to our schedule. If it's nine teams the following year, um, right? We obviously have the buy and stuff, and at least the one good thing, Saskatchewan is our rival team, so we always play for. At least that's the way it was set up for this year. We'll always play Saskatchewan two games there, two games here. Okay, all right, Ian. Uh, you know, just in the final minute, if if you want to say anything else, because there's a lot of people listening who support your program, cheer for your program, even if they can't make it to, to every game. I, I know I hear from a lot of people who like following the team and going whenever they can. Just any message you want those fans to hear tonight. Well, it's just disappointing not to have them in our building. You, you've been to our rink a few times on a Friday, Saturday night. Uh, we have 2,000 students plus fans from the community involved, uh, just cheering and roaring, and just the atmosphere that's at Claire Drake Arena on a weekend, especially in some of those tough games. Uh, it, it'll be you know tough not having that this year. Ian, we thanks do for the appreciate all their support over those past years, and we look forward to having them back in when it, things get going. Right on. Well, we'll keep in touch. We'll probably be talking about some different stuff, but you're always welcome on the show. Thanks for the update tonight, Ian. All the best. Thanks, Reed. My pleasure. That is Ian Herbers, the head coach of the University of Alberta Golden Bears hockey team, who will not play this coming season. Man, it still sounds weird to say that. Okay, we'll get more into the NHL Hub City discussion, the league reaction to those 11 positive COVID tests, Happy to hear your feedback as well. 780-496-0063. Inside Sports, back to two hours on 630 Chet. Oh, I love that track. Lydia by Highly Suspect. Are we doing tunes tonight, Kellen? People can text in a tune they want to hear coming back from break, 780-496-0063. We're back to two hours. We have more breaks. We have more coming back from breaks, so we have more room to get people's tunes in. So that one night, we got all these requests for tunes, and we were in the last half hour of the show, and we could only play one or two of them. You can also talk sports or whatever you like on the text line, 
780-496-0063. That is also the open line number. Thanks to Dave Campbell for filling in last week. Dave, the producer of Inside Sports, a hardworking young man who enjoys hosting the show when he gets a chance and enjoys calling Eskimos football, doing the color for Eskimos football on 630 Shed whenever he has a chance to do that. Hopefully it'll happen uh, in September. So if you want to talk, I, I'm uh, here for that as well. want to make that clear. Anything that's on your mind, 780-496-0063. Okay, I want to get uh, to a quick baseball update here. And several baseball reporters in the United States tweeting this out now, and uh, Shai Davidi as well, who covers the Blue Jays for Sportsnet. He says, MLB owners unanimously vote to set a schedule based on a March 26th agreement. The Players Association must decide by 5 Eastern time tomorrow if the players can report by July 1st for camp. That is next Wednesday, is it not, Kellen? I believe so. Next Wednesday for camp, and if they agree to safety protocols before length of the season is set. So some of the other things we would have here, uh, they would have the universal designated hitter for two years. So the National League would have the DH. They would have a guaranteed $25 million in playoff pools in 2020. There would be uh, $33 million in forgiven salary advances that would increase the take-home pay of 61% of Major League players. Uh, Overall earnings for players of 104% of prorated salary. And uh, over the last two days, MLB agreed to remove expanded postseason in 2021 in order to address player concerns. So three o'clock mountain time tomorrow when uh, we'll possibly have something from baseball about what would be a very shortened season. I mean, they've talked about going down as short as 60 games, which would be really different for baseball. What's the thing about baseball? It's the team. Well, day after day, you go out there, you rarely get a day off. You play six, seven days a week. You got to have consistency. You got your starting pitcher starting 30, 32, 34 games. You know, to be a great hitter, you got to find a way to get that extra one or two hits a month that other guys can't get. All of a sudden, you wouldn't even have half a season to do that. So it would be pretty different. And we've talked about this baseball squabble quite a bit and it's just really a a running a running history of major league baseball is the conflict between players and owners but there's the latest in uh in major league baseball so maybe something maybe we'll have something concrete to talk about on the show tomorrow but three o'clock tomorrow for the players to to get back to uh to the owners so that's another story to follow all right uh just want to just kind of put the uh the capper on this story here with this this video and again i think this is one of those stories is it interesting yes it is is it like a huge deal that's a game changer no but in the age of social media it tends to take off a little bit premier jason kenny with the tweet It's the obvious choice to bring the NHL to Edmonton. We look forward to welcoming the league and players here to Alberta to take in the beautiful province we have to offer. And the video was about the province. Four seconds of Edmonton and the rest of it was all Alberta stuff, primarily mountain landscapes and activities. Tim Shipton with Oilers Entertainment Group, which has been working with the province to make Edmonton a hub city, uh, clarifies who this video is aimed at. 
this is really, again, um, aimed at uh, if there is a situation uh, where families are welcome, the players, of course, are uh, going to be away from their families for an extended period of time, in particular teams that go deeper into the playoffs. We wanted to say we're thinking about your families and we're thinking about opportunities if the public health situation warrants it, uh, that we would welcome your families to our city and to our province. It's as simple as that. Nothing more than that. All right. So it is a video aimed at the families of NHL players who could potentially come to Edmonton and uh, want things to do because they still wouldn't be able to spend time with their loved ones, with the player in the family who is in a bubble. So that is that. Now, again, it, in nowhere in the presentation of the video did it say that, and I think that has led to the confusion and, quite frankly, uh, mockery that a lot of people have engaged in today with this video. And another question that has come up, well, what about the quarantine zone, the, the bubbles? Like, how do the families potentially fit into that? And here's Shipton with his comment there. The quarantine zone is just that, is for players and NHL personnel. And so we've talked to uh, hotel operators within the city of Edmonton, creating opportunities to host families, again, if the public health situation warrants it, uh, putting families up uh, in, a, in a local hotel in Edmonton. And then you got to think about after, uh, after the play-in round, uh, some 200 uh, NHL players and personnel are going to be out of the playoffs. After the first round, another group of teams out of the playoffs. All these folks are in Alberta. They're in Edmonton. Creates a tremendous opportunity, if the public health situation warrants it, for people to explore our province and our city. So uh, to me, it's uh, as simple as that. We're not saying uh, by sharing this information that families, uh, you know, will be there on day one. What we're saying is that if the situation warrants it, we're thinking about families, which I think is a very fair and important thing to do. All right. So uh, there's the word. Uh, so Tim Shifton with OEG clarifying that. So uh, there you go. This texter says this video is the stupidest non-issue thing of the week. Well, I actually mainly agree with that, but I think it was important to talk about it and uh, and clarify it. But, but like I said, it's, it's not a game breaker of a story, um, but it is a story. And I mean, I do think it was important to clarify it and get the comment there from OEG. That was Tim Shipton who talked to uh, Quinn Phillips with Global this afternoon. So thanks to her for passing that audio on. Okay, we got a guest here uh, on the line, of course, covering closely the situation with the National Hockey League. He's a senior hockey writer with Sportsnet.ca. We welcome back to Inside Sports our buddy Chris Johnston. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Reed. How are you keeping? I'm doing quite well. It's always nice to catch up with you, and we are inching towards a hockey season it seems like it anyway given some of the things that have happened in the past three or four days some positive tests for players it appears that the hub city list has been pared down a little bit where are you now in the timeline and the possibility for a season I'm still relatively optimistic, you know, and, and I wasn't always that way, you know, going all the way back to March. But, you know, the, the more we've gone along here and, I, and I've 
come to understand the amount of work that's gone in. I think the commitment level of the league to find safe ways to do this. And and let's face it, the fact that we've seen other sports, uh, you know, especially those in across the pond, whether it's German soccer or Korean baseball, but other team sports have found a way to, to navigate these issues once they get into a bubble type of scenario. You know, all that has kind of led me to believe the NHL is going to find a way to do this. And, and you know, we're, we're at the, the cusp here of a, a huge week. I mean, they are pairing down those hub cities. I think we'll get an announcement of the two cities finally in these next few days. Uh, that comes with some finalizing protocol in terms of how it's going to work and how the league can feel, can, can make players be safe. And then, you know, in the here and now, the league has just informed as of Monday afternoon teams that they can take the, their phase two on ice sessions to 12 players from six, which is, you know, obviously a sign towards getting a little bit closer to a real practice, getting closer to what things will look like in training camp. And so, you know, I, I, I'm not uh, putting my head in the sand and ignoring the news that, that we got on Friday and the fact that there have been positive tests, but you know, I think there's there's more telling us that in good direction. Suggesting it's going to work. Chris, so when it comes to those tests on Friday, you know the Tampa Bay and you know the the alleged Matthews test or whatever you want to call it at this point. It, it, am I to read into this that the NHL thinks that once they're actually in a hub city and in a bubble, tests like this aren't going to pop up as positive? I think that's fair, yes. I mean, the idea is that once the environment's more controlled and that you have a group together that's being tested frequently, because, you know, at this point, we've only got a little bit more than 200 players that are involved officially in the phase two of, of the return to play, which means, you know, those 200-plus players are getting tested uh, twice a week now with nasal swabs. But, you know, that leaves a, a large number of NHL players that aren't being tested at the moment. Um, but, you know, they're all dealing with unknown here and really one thing I think that, that can can perhaps derail these efforts is if there's a huge outbreak among one team once you get into that scenario but as we've seen from those other leagues that I was mentioning earlier I, I think that there are ways to do this safely once you get everyone back together and so I think the league understood that you're going to have positive tests my understanding is of that group of 11 that were revealed to be positive uh, on Friday that that you know a good number of them are asymptomatic and so those are positive results that the players themselves didn't even see coming just because they were tested as part of the league protocol. Chris with with the hub cities you know we're hearing that Edmonton is still a possibility in fact all three Canadian cities still a possibilities it seems to go back and forth as to which one might or might not be a favorite. What's your sense of, of how the Canadian cities are looking as a possible hub right now? Yeah, good thing I wasn't doing weekly power rankings because there, there would definitely be some movement among those teams. And, you know, at this point, it sounds to me like Vancouver and Edmonton are ahead of Toronto uh, on the league's list as, as, you know, potential hubs. You know, I think what, what remains to be seen is if we get one or two Canadian hubs. At this point, it's fair to say there's going to be at least one of these cities based in Canada. I, I still think that there's at least a small chance that, that both of them are, you know, depending on how things go in Vegas, which is, you know, by far the, the leading candidate among the U.S. Uh, cities that have been considered for this. And so, you know, I'd heard a bit on the weekend that, that things were going in a positive manner for Vancouver to be with Vegas, but, you know, that's far from 
or at least it's certainly it's not confirmed at this point. I know the Oilers Entertainment Group has has you know done some tweaking of their bid and you know has has allayed some concerns. I think specific to the fact that you know they have room at the JW Marriott for for all the players that would be uh, partaking right from the beginning of the hub, which is you know something that I think had been earmarked as as you know something the players wanted more clarity on. And so you know given the the how few number of cases that I know you have there in Edmonton and and how the COVID situation has been managed in, in a positive manner. Um, you know, I think it's it's got a very good shot, but, uh, you know, they, they've, they've cut four out of the original 10. Uh, all three of the Canadian options are still standing, and, and you know, I, I don't want to say it's going to be one way or another because I really do believe uh, they, they've, they've wanted to leave the options open. They've given each of these cities and groups a chance to, to alter their bids and, and answer any questions or concerns. And so until it's finalized, which I do expect here in the coming days, nothing's final. All right. Well, Chris, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Glad you're keeping well, and we always appreciate the updates. We know you're all over this, and we'll talk to you again soon, buddy. Take care. No problem, Reed. Thanks for having me, bud. All right, Chris Johnston there from Sportsnet. So he says the NHL not overly concerned about the 11 positive COVID cases from last week. And uh, as he reiterated, Edmonton still very much in the running to be a hub city. 646, Rob Brown's coming up after the 7 o'clock news tonight. It'll be great to catch up with Brown. And A.J. Jakubik, who has been quite through an incredible health ordeal over the last six months, now back on the radio in Ottawa. He is from Edmonton. He will check in tonight, too. Your feedback is welcome. 780-496-0063. We're back after the break. Dave with the request for a little animal by Def Leppard. One of the two dogs I have named after Def Leppard song, Animal and Rocket. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Really appreciate you tuning in. It is Inside Sports on 630 Chet. We are on from 6 to 8 tonight, back to our normal time slot. Tomorrow, we're scheduled to be joined by former Edmonton Oiler, now with the Chicago Blackhawks, Drake Kajula. It'll be good to catch up with Drake. We will also have uh, somebody from Canada West on the show to go a little more into the uh, U of A calling off its season and what that means for the league as a whole. My goodness, some dude just texted in like a whole bunch of songs. We're gonna, you're going to have to print this up. I think it's from Scott. Here we go again. You're going to have to print that up, Kellen, and so we can get to Scott over the next several months. Wow, that is amazing. Holy moly. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Colton says, hey, Reed, let's hear Tarzan Boy. Good news, I only got stuck twice today trying to seed. That okay. is from Colton. Where was Colton? Where are you trying to seed? What part of the province are you in? I, I would like to know about that. This texture says Jason Kenny was complaining about the border being open too long in March, but now it's okay to open the border again. Uh, this texture says, Reed, you're definitely not aware of Matt Wolf. 
His normal mode of operation is step one, screw up. Step two, deny you screwed up. Step, step three, attack anyone who questions your screw up. Well, you're right. I was not really aware of Matt Wolf before today. He works for the premier's office and I'll probably never have to talk about him again, but it's odd times. We're talking about things we never expected having to talk about as we go through the pandemic and some of the uh, other situations happening, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> That's, that's okay. You're welcome to write in and uh, and educate me on people I don't know about because there are excited. There are there are a lot of them. Uh, Scott is oh he's uh, up by Lac Labiche. I remember Lac Labiche when I first started covering the uh, Northeastern Alberta Junior B Hockey League. Scott, I hope I'm not bringing back any bad memories for you here. So there was a team in the Northeastern Junior B hockey team in Lac La Biche. So Lloyd Minster had a team. I don't know if I can remember all the teams, and it changed a little bit. But there was Lloyd Minster, Vermilion, Cold Lake, St. Paul, uh, Vermilion, Vegreville, Saddle Lake, Onion Lake, I think, was in the league, then left and then came back. And Lac La Biche had a team, I think, just the first two years I was there. I believe they were called the Clippers. And... Lloyd played Lac La Biche. It might have even been in a playoff series, and Lloyd was way ahead of Lac La Biche. And there was a game in in Lac La Biche. We sent a practicum student to shoot the game, and it ended 17-1 for Lloyd Minster. <laughs> so he almost feel bad running the highlights. And he says, so he gets back, and he says, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I, I was like, I, so I said, well, we can't show all 17. Like, we can't show all 17 goals by Lloyd. And we should show the goal by the Clippers just to have them on there. And, and I said, look, I'll just show like four goals total. Pick the four nicest goals. And he goes, what if I do this? I'll show every goal in the game like two seconds at a time and just write you a voiceover on what happened in the game and some of the high scores. So I said, okay, let's do that. <laughs> oh, I forgot about the Wainwright Bisons. I can't believe I forgot about the Wainwright Bisons. Peter from Wainwright. Peter, I, I apologize. Wainwright had a really good team some of the years I was there. Wainwright was a good sports town, had a pretty good high school football program too. Roadhammer says I missed Bonneville. Roadhammer, I'm going to tell you this. I am certain that when I was working in Lloydminster, Bonneville did not have a team in the Northeastern Alberta Junior B Hockey League. They had the Pontiacs and the AJHL. I'm pretty sure they didn't have a team in the Junior B League. At least maybe there was another league that we didn't cover as much. Maybe they have a team now, but when I was in Lloyd from 2000 to 2007, Bonneville was not in that junior B league, but the Pontiacs were definitely in the uh, AJHL. Of course, that's when I first got to know, well, that, I, that's not true. I was going to say that's when I first got to know Mark Letestu. I got to know Mark before that when he was playing for the St. Paul Canadians in the junior B league. So anyway, there we go, there we go down memory lake, but Lac Labiche brought me back, <laughs> mentioning Lac Labiche brought back some memories of a hockey blowout. This texture says, Reed, what are your working hours now? The same, nothing. <laughs> this, this doesn't feel like work. But when people ask me what hours I work, I'm on the air from six to eight. And then preparation for the show is just on a daily basis, whatever is needed to be done. That's, that's, that's it. You, you got to put in several hours of prep. You do it. You can kind of just roll in and just know what you have to talk about. Then 
that's fine. As long as the show sounds good and most of you are happy with it and my employers are happy with it, those are the hours. It's it's kind of nice. And sometimes you get a crazy day and you, and you do a lot and you just roll with it. All right. Anyway, that's, that's sweet. Somebody was concerned about my working hours. But don't worry, I'm working from home. The commute is walking downstairs. And yes, I have moved my broadcast location. I'm no longer in the closet-sized spare bedroom that I call my office. I am now in my basement, which... It's it's borderline freezing down here, but my room upstairs was facing west, so it was starting to get hot at night. So I moved it down to the basement where it's nice and cool, and, and I like it down here. It's quite refreshing. You could store cabbages down here. As a matter of fact, I might start doing that. Speaking of cabbages, Rob Brown is up next. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.